Stupid. You got something to say, but you want to say it with your body, with ink, or a piercing? Get down to Stingray Body Art. 386 Cambridge Street in Alston Rock City, right next to O'Brien's Pub. Stingray Body Art, Boston's best tattoo. Make an appointment right now. Go to StingrayBodyArt.com. Check out the artists. They're on the left side of the page. And you're going to be like, I want to get a tattoo at Stingray. These artists are awesome. Stingray Body Art, Boston's best tattoos, piercing, and permanent makeup. Now offering laser tattoo removal right in the heart of Austin. Hey, I'm Pat B. And I'm Adam Willis. And I'm just Johnny. And this is the Geek Down on WEMF Radio. Leaping forward bionically. Uh, there it is. You were a little late on the queue, my man. What's going on? All right, no, we're talking. I need you heard over there. Just giving them the business, giving them a little rib. Just getting all, getting in the ass, my friend. Ah, sorry. Sorry. Maintain. All right, I got to find the zone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Geek Down. I am Pat B. To the side of me, I looked at my man. He's dude. You got the M and M. Uh, the bunny rabbit yeah. uh, hoodie going on, and uh, yeah, ready, got ready, ready, spaghetti ready. all over my chest. Yeah, yeah ready for ready, ready for some static. Black Adam Willis. <laughs> yes, sir. How we doing, Patrice? You're oh. looking well, my friend. Oh. As always, I yeah. like the sweater. Oh, thank you, thank you very much. To those of us, that, those of you that are watching this, hopefully on Twitch.tv/slash/TheGeekDown, mm-hmm. you can see I'm wearing my very stylish winter sweater. Um, long neck, so you know I get that extra protection from the yes, wind outside. Yes, it is chilly outside. Yeah, Boston is officially in winter time. Mm-hmm. It's frosty outside, so hopefully you're all there with, with your warm cocoa curled up by your radio or your computers. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an awful winter, I know it is. Uh, I don't know. I'm, thinking I, I'm feeling it. I'm just like, you know, it's going to be one of those winters that's going to last like an extra two months past when it should when, should have stopped. You got, you got to be less of a pessimist, my man. We are going to go out. By Thursday, I predict, okay, record highs <laughs> in temperature. Okay, it'll be the sunniest Christmas season. 85 and you're wearing hot pants. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be a, a, a beachside Hanukkah this, <laughs> this year. That's what's going on. All right, let's, of course, not forget the man over there looking very diligent as always. Just Johnny. Yo. This guy. Okay, now, first of all, before the show, we had a little conversation before I started uh, give, uh, giving, giving, giving her a little, a little harassment there. It's okay. That's how we get jumped into the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Johnny, I got to remind you, man, salt is not, a, is not a major food group. All right, you got you to gotta, you gotta adjust <laughs> that diet. That's not the basis. Yeah, it's just like, you know, bread, water, salt. Oh, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it was like yellow, white, <laughs> Entire Entire countries have fought. Wars over the control of salt. Yeah, salt but that's is before, very important. That's before refrigeration, when like you know, you've never seen a higher pop national nationwide popularity of beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And everyone, people, everyone was all about that. I need that, to put that a little bit on my spaghettios every day, or I would go to war. Yeah, and, man. and people have lived perfectly healthy, consuming like ten grams of salt or more a day. Which yes, is... they also died at nine years old. Okay. <laughs> Back when the leading cause of death was puberty. <laughs> <laughs> The the eldest anyone has ever lived. Birth. Oh, she must be she must be passing five years old. Are you sure she's gonna make it? <laughs> All right. Okay. Sun dried tomatoes reaching the cost of like uh, of uh, of, uh, of diamonds by the, by the beers company. Uh, yes. What is the beers brand? Uh, uh, cranberries. The beers brand. Went to Jared uh, the, the beers and ocean spray. <laughs> yeah, don't t- come to us for uh, uh, diet advice. It's, no, it's, no, not at all, not at all. Um, seriously, this man trying to sell been me consisting on all types off gummy of worms diets. and coronas for for years. I'm fine. He's like, no, Pat. What you got to do is you got to got to got to incorporate a lot of aloe into your diet. Like, you mean put on lotion? No, no, you got to eat aloe. But 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 I don't see the nutritional value. Trust me. 
Uh, Eat all the plants in your house. Yeah, yeah seriously. Mm -hmm. Johnny's just a wild man trying experimental things, and he will be missed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now we have an action-packed, fun-filled show for you, dude. We have reviews out the waz, mm -hmm. man. I got to check out a classic, classic comic. Uh, yep. Well, okay. So a classic story now in comic now form. Now in comic form. I yeah. was a big fan of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo books, and then okay. they came out with movies in Sweden. They were great. Mm -hmm. and they came out with a movie American in America. Version of the first uh, one, yeah, yes, which indeed. was decent. I wouldn't say that. And Ooh. now it's uh, a returned in graphic novel form. So we yes. have the inside stuff on that for you coming up a little later. Johnny got to check out the weirdest, and I mean, this is uh, that, that's saying a lot coming from a, uh, a Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. Coming from a mm -hmm. Japanese game? Uh, it, it's, I believe it's Western made. So I believe the person Western was, made. Yeah, made by uh, made by Weeaboo's a couple Galore. people in America, but they are hardcore waifu, not waifu. Uh, <laughs> no, they're hardcore waifu. The kawaii? Kawaii? Yeah. I, the there's word, so many terms. They're, 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 they're hardcore. You want to say they're, 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 they're kawaii little weeaboos? Yes. That, that means they're cute little cherub people. Sure. Mm, you lost me. <laughs> I didn't make this. They one. are hardcore anime fans. All right. Well, the game is Doki Doki Literature Club. We have the uh, lowdown on that, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's gonna blow your mind, but change your pants, uh, dude. I am really excited about um, what's uh, up finally on the roster. The Shape of Water is a movie that um, Guillermo del Toro has been talking about for a while. Yep. And. I I I, I you got finally to check this check out. It out. I was there and I was so damned impressed. And this is stars one of my favorite actors too, Michael Shannon. So I'm Michael really Shannon's excited in to there. hear a review for it. Yep. And also they found a way to take a woman having sex with fish, well with a fish, um, and make it like sexy and artsy. But there's yeah, no there no mistake movie, about uh, it. She is getting down. Yeah. Like this is like the uh, like the um, the soft core porn version of uh, Splash with um, with Daryl Hannah. Well, there's this and uh, Tom Hanks independent movie. Uncle Boon Me can recall his past lives, mm -hmm. and it's uh, I think it was it's, it's Tibetan where you know they believe in reincarnation, and she sees like her past lover in fish form. He's oh, reincarnated as a fish. But there's like a sex scene with her and this fish, where the fish is just basically inside her, flapping around, and it's weirdly that sounds messed up thing. But it's like I guess if you believe in that, you're like, oh, you know, that's if that's you romantic. Believe, if you believe, if you believe faith, in reincarnation, coming back from the dead to yes. to to, to, to fornicate with other things, yes, to fornicate with 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 fish, <laughs> yeah. fornicate with the, a flounder. Either that, or it's a really, 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 you know. Compelling and smart fish that can. Uh, I find get it hard to believe a movie is compelling and smart when she looks over there and it's Swamp Thing with the tentacle dangling. <laughs> just, just, just hanging. <laughs> You've been watching too much Ready of to anybody. Man, okay, no, let's talk about Doki Doki. <laughs> no, and also, I'm going to start off though. I'm going to get right into it, dive right in the meat, but not before I introduce a man who keeps it sounding crisp, delicious, and amazing every week, DJ Herbie Herb. Uh, this guy. Uh, you never see horn, him. I guess. You never see him on camera, but I promise you he exists. <laughs> All right, now, like I said earlier, you can watch us on twitch.tv slash thegeekdown, but also for those of you um, watching on Twitch, if you just want to catch the audio at any point, you can't catch the show right there. You can always pick up the archive version in audio form at wmfradio.com. And you search the Geek Down with the first ones that come up. But also, your options are SoundCloud. Your options are iTunes. You can cast the archive, uh, the records on Twitch itself. Or you can go to geek-down.com. So I usually give those out at the end of the show. I figured maybe mm -hmm. we should switch that up. But, dude, we are out there all in your face. If you're on Facebook, yeah. like us, subscribe to us, follow us, all that good stuff. Twitter. Twitter. Fans FM. Yeah, we are on Fans FM, believe yeah. it or not. Um, and uh, Instagram, so 
um, dude, we out there. Yeah, I mean, you don't ever hear or see Herb, do you? He's like the Rod Roddy of the Geek Town. You know what I think? No, think, think, think like the asylum we have here. Herb is like a nanny that would come in occasionally and check on the Muppet Babies and why they trash the other uh, player. <laughs> you just see, like, the shins. <laughs> legs. Yeah. yeah Herb. Hey, legs. <laughs> Herb, you are our skunky Beaumont, man. How you feel? <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's the very own geek down Bob Sacramento. <laughs> All right. Now we love you, guy. All right. Now I'm going to talk about The Swindlers real quick. This is a Korean film that you can find if you have a local indie theater. It's playing now uh, in America. It's actually been playing worldwide for a while. We got it a few months late, so the original run... It usually happens, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that means you'll find people that can... Uh, well, we'll have been raving about it and can corroborate that this did not suck. And my own review right now is, oh, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, a thumbs up. This did not suck. Mm-hmm. Now, it was weird because I've seen movies with like a twist and a couple of twists and several twists. Mm-hmm. You know, um, freaking The Usual Suspects blows your mind. Right. You know, one of the greatest twist movies ever. And I'm not even going to throw M. Night Shyamalan in there. We'll talk about, like, legitimate twists. This dude had one <laughs> big hit, and then everything else, they're in cornfields and elevators. Um, this is the Swindlers uh, starring, and I've never heard of any of the, these actors. I've never seen them, but I feel like that might be because I'm an ignorant American. And I feel bad for saying that, but, yeah. I mean, come on, seriously. But they gave great performances. I'm pretty sure that they've got some kind of clout elsewhere, but uh, Huden Bin... Nana, Yu Tae uh Park Sung Yoo Woo, and uh, An Si Ha. These are the cats that start. Oh, I'm sorry, and I can't forget uh, Bae Seung Woo, who played more of like a. He's like the half times he's the tough guy, half times he's the comedy foil tough guy. I got you. You know, so it's like. If you have that guy that constantly like you know tight getting the shoelaces tied together, like the dumb jock kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes time like when stuff goes down, he's the one you want in your corner because he's digging folks up. And, I gotcha. Yeah. He's gonna snatch the gun off the guy, the gun away from the guy, and then like you know smack him in the head with it. Stop hitting yourself. That's <laughs> that is. But the movie's called The Swindlers. It's basically the story of uh, con men conning other con men, while other con men who are conning them work for the police and trying to con them, or trying to catch them in a con via a con. Meanwhile, everyone's after this legendary con man who may or may not be conning them all. Ah, it's like the movie Confidence. No, it's nothing like that. No. Dustin Hoffman was in there. He was in there. Being a jackass, right? Yeah. Yes. But (laughs) um, The Swindlers is about one con man who's trying to run a con, and then when he thinks he's got a patsy, it turns out that he was being conned by another con man who was using him in this huge chess game type thing. Yes, it sounds like a movie that lends itself to many twists and, it and does, cons as but, a film. But the way they do them is, it's clever. Okay. I, I thought this would be like, no, we're setting things up because they're convenient. And I'm not saying it's above that because it does get that way towards the end. Mm-hmm. They start using things where it's like, no, there's no real way, even if you're the most clever criminal, to foreshadow this many steps ahead because you would have to predict human behavior. You would have to predict traffic patterns. You would have to predict um, the changing of the weather. And I mean, not just like meteorological forecast, but know exactly what's going to happen when. Like, it's let, let's keep things within some level of realism right. because I was enjoying the story until I started saying, what? Man, once I started making that You don't want to be that person sitting on the couch next to somebody who's enjoying it and be like, that would never happen. Yeah, seriously. I'm no one there. likes that guy, by the way. Um, You know, that's not how weather balloons work. They could never do that. <laughs> 
She um, would never say that right there. Yeah. Um, that house wouldn't lift with all those balloons. That old man's just going to fall and kill that little boy. <laughs> Why do you even bother anything after his wife died? Yeah. yeah. Um, dogs aren't really that amazed by squirrels. Anytime he says that, he probably just wants to pee. <laughs> yeah, it's an up-reference uh, show, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but, uh, okay, so try, not to, so try not to take yourself out of the movie because the performances were great. At no point did I feel like I'm watching people acting. And I normally get that sense when I'm watching things from overseas because I'm less aware of the dialogue until I'm less invested in the story. I'm just reading the words on the screen. If it's subtitled, I'm reading the script and I'm more able to see, well, this person's not acting like they really would in this situation according to what the words say because I'm not getting the full feel of the performance. So I'm noticing more, they were reaching for this. They're really trying to find their blocking in the background of the scene, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm looking for that because I'm an a-hole, mm. but I didn't get that in this picture, man. And I love a good con movie. Yes, you know this. I do. You all love a good con movie. Yeah, who doesn't? And the way this one plays out is, I love when you have your heroes. Well, I mean, everyone's a bad guy because they're all con. They're all con men. They're mm -hmm. all the swindlers being swindled and swindling. Each one's revenge, more likable than the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got you. The more likable protagonist con con, uh, con people here because it's not all dudes. Um, they they enact a plan that is set up beautifully. Like I love a movie where. Oh, you see someone fail and oh man, I guess they took a hit. How are they going to recover from this? And you find out maybe that was part of the plan right. or uh, it looks like they've gotten over on the over on the bad guy. This happened really easily. I guess he wasn't that formidable. Oh, wait, no, he owns this building or whatever. And now every all the you know maids are his people. You know, all the children in the daycare are actually uh, dwarfs that work for him, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> so it had like every one of those twists you can imagine that blows my mind. Because there was at least like five twists. Mm. And you think you're following the, the plan, and then you think, oh, well, I'm following the plan. But from what I know from previous uh, con stories and detective stories, this is probably about where a big twitch would happen. And it's like, no, that's just something that went wrong. And they improvised and then found another way to succeed. Or they tried to improvise here, and they failed, but then later on they'll work back to that. Work you know? back to it, sure, it, yeah. It's one that didn't. Um, seem as predictable. It seemed as predictable as you'd expect it to be, but just if you have experience in these things, and it still threw me for a loop. Yeah, the movie's called The Swindlers. It's available in indie theaters right now. Um, I believe you can find. Oh, I guess maybe not. So you have to go to an indie theater right now. There's no uh, general release uh, slated, so it's not going to be on Netflix, at least not right away, but um, it's still playing in theaters. If you're seeing this uh, shortly, uh, around the time of release, I highly recommend it. It's a thumbs up. It's called The Swindlers. It's a uh, Korean movie you can find at your local indie theater, possibly at your local AMC. It did have a uh, limited major theater run. That's funny, because I do always think of the movie Confidence when I think of con movies. It's just in the name, man. It's just in the name, but it also has uh, Paul Giamatti in it. It has Luis Guzman in it. Yeah, Luis Guzman Luis lives Guzman in the town. Really. I don't yeah. know him. Yeah, he's, uh, he plays one of the cops. Damn, it's, it's, yeah. it's been so a few years. So he lives in the town next to to mine in Vermont. Really? And the one time I actually saw him, I saw him at the county fair. This is a true story. I saw him at the county fair, and I yeah. run up to him. I said, man, I really loved you in Confidence. Out of anything I could have picked, <laughs> out of any movie I could have picked, Boogie Nights, I could have picked Traffic, yeah. I could have picked anything else. Yeah. Carly Does Way. Story all this, thing. anything. I said Confidence, because that was the last movie I had watched. Crazy. Yeah, and, and how, so he's and like, how, and how did he respond? Like, yeah, thank he's you, like, you thank you. I'm in the outhouse. Go away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's like, yeah, thank you. Walks off. We have a what? question Confidence? on really? Twitch. Yeah, uh, what, what, what is the name of the girl on the left? And I have an image up, uh, but it looks like it's the only girl on the image. Oh, is so. she? Is she in the um, cast of uh, the Swindlers? The Swindlers, yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, she is Nana. Just Nana. one, none word, and uh, one word, N A N A. 
Yep. Uh, I was kind of taken aback by that too because I think she might be a singer. Uh, her acting was good. She plays a couple of different types of roles. It's kind of like a Scarlet Lady J, um, G.I. Joe cover girl type character where she's uh, playing different roles, but she's always like the token female. You know, so they need someone to play the victim over here. They need someone to play like the temptress here. They need someone to play like the big boss lady here. Mm. And she covered all those, which was a good um, range of acting. I really dug that. Yep. All right. No, sorry. We got off on a tear on Louis Guzman. All I will say before we move on. No, because seriously, he's a very he's underappreciated the actor. I love he's this the dude. man, by the way. He's yeah. in so many good things. Herb, do you know Luis Guzman? Damn. He's the Puerto Rican guy from most <laughs> most things. Yeah. That, that's how you know him. He's the Puerto Rican guy. You know, he's Puerto <laughs> Actually, no, that's not. You can't say that because that dude, Hector, is also the Latin dude in everything. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he was that a is, he's in. He plays Hector. He in plays everything. Hector. His name <laughs> is Hector in everything. Yeah. Fast and the Furious. He was Hector. Uh, but Training but Day. Kuzman he was Hector. Is a, a, a very well-known character actor in yes. some very, very big movies, and he's been doing it forever. And yeah. He's, uh, he's the remember? club owner what? from Boogie Nights, basically. Yes. Who, who was he in, Car in Carlitos Way? Uh, he was uh, the friend of Pacino. Oh, the one that gets shot at the train station. I'm sorry, I gotta look out for my future. Oh, have you? Have you seen the movie Waiting with Justin Long? Yeah, I know that guy. I got rules. The brain. It's the brain. Yeah, that guy. That's him. That guy. One of my favorite Christmas movies too. If you're interested in a Christmas movie, is what is it? Nothing like the holidays. I believe Luis Guzman is in it. I've never seen that. Yes, Alfred Molina is in it. Your girl okay, from, uh... Which one? What's the TV show? I, I got so many girls out. The girl that... What's on the TV show that you like a lot? Uh, uh, that just came back. The Americans. Oh, just came back. Uh, Walking, no, Walking Dead just left. Um, okay, American live action we're talking about. She doesn't do a voice, right? Right. Okay. Um, the Americans... Uh, gay couple. Will uh, uh, Grace? Yes. Oh, um... Who plays Grace? She's in it. Okay, okay. Uh, I was gonna say Megan Mullally. She's big. No. Um, the other one. Oh, why am I blanking? I've said her name a million times. I, I know the face exactly who you're talking about. Deborah Messing. Yes. Yeah, I believe Deborah she's Messing. in it, yeah. You know what's messed up? Deborah Messing was like, she was gorgeous. Mm. I had a really thing for like really, I had, I had a thing for like really skinny girls in high school apparently because like Jane Leaves from Frasier, Deborah Messing from Will and Grace. I was going to say Laura Flynn Boyle from uh, Twin Peaks. Okay, not that skinny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, you know what? That's a sad state of affairs, man, because I remember her in Wayne's World. Yes. And she was dope i'm like why is this dude avoiding yeah. this like this this this, <laughs> this 10 plus coming, yeah, chasing, him, chasing yeah. you then i realized you're buying him, buying him gun racks and stuff you know Bike. stalking <laughs> yeah uh wow we've gotten so far house of bugging that's where i remembered luis guzman from uh so many good movies though that wasn't a movie house of bugging was a uh john leguizamo had a short-lived sketch show coming off the popularity of in living color on fox mm. john leguizamo had this sketch show where all the skits all the skits this is like at least it was, 15 it was years done before, by him yeah they were he's, all done by him but they were all about racial stereotypes this he's one of the most Carlos underrated artists i think of the last However long, I'm not going to give him a year. Luis Guzman is the man. He's done so many one-man shows, too. He's doing one right now that's currently on Broadway called uh, Latin History for Morons. I heard it's actually, <laughs> okay. I heard it's brilliant, but like he's, you know, sexaholic. is, is yes. hilarious as a one-man show. You know, I, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't fault him for that. If I, if I looked the way he did, I'd relish every piece that I got. But it's a one-man show, I'm, you know, about his, his troubles. His, his, it's wait, so wait, funny, wait, his though. His sexaholic show was one man? It was a, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't, don't want to hear what kind of sex is. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's, there's, there's some, there's some long one. avenues that show we yeah. can take. Um, but seriously, okay. since like 93 when he's in Mar- uh, Super Mario Brothers, yeah. Um, he, he's geez. done so, wait, many, wait. so much good work wait, after wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. Are we talking about Luis Guzman or John Leguizamo? I'm talking about John Leguizamo now. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. saying he's super underappreciated. He, yeah. he is too. He's coming, to, he's, he's coming to his own as a... Um, uh, what do you call it? as a dramatic actor? Yeah. As a dramatic actor and an action star, mm. or maybe not star. I haven't seen him star in anything, but he's been in like um, been in John Wick as the car guy. He was in John Wick as the car guy. John Wick and John Wick Two. He's in Bloodline. That show Bloodline, which yeah. is I guess pretty. But good that film. movie that everyone laughs at, I saw the when. Pest. The, oh, no. okay. Stop that. Stop that. Stop that. <laughs> everyone knows it's the best. No, it's a movie. Spawn, with, it's a movie right? that everyone says is terrible. I that saw it when best. I was younger. It was a great cast. Um, Joe Morton, uh, Steven Seagal, Kurt Russell, uh, Halle Berry. Um, executive decision. Oh, he was right, an executive right, decision. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. And right. I think that was the first time I saw him in a role that wasn't comedy. And I'm like, this dude isn't any kind of. He can do it all, man. He's he's great. Yeah, he's, he's got great. that. It, 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 he's got that slightly slurred speech that, for some reason, uh, can translate like, to anything. Like he adds too many s's to everything he says. Yeah. but not in a lisp way. It no, just no, seems it's, like, it's, like, it's like he's got that saliva. He didn't he didn't swallow before the tape before the director said action, and he's got to deal with the stuff. Yeah. Anytime he says Sh- your son's your your. He's like, um, uh, he's like, he's the son of Sam. We're just taking him out to the cops. <laughs> son of Sam. Was he wasn't he was son good. of Sam, yeah. He wasn't son of Sam. <laughs> All right, so Luis Guzman, John Leguizamo, we salute Peace. you, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to kick it over to my man, just Johnny. Yeah. You, my man, got to check out the game that has been blowing up the internet. Oh, yeah, blowing it way <laughs> up there. Yeah, blow, blowing, blowing right up it. Yeah. It, uh, blowing right up the internet, right is... up the backside and through the... Yep. It's like a Trojan horse of a game, and that's probably a really good analogy. And oh, I see what you, I see what you did there. Yeah, I see yeah. what you did there. Clever yeah. girl. <laughs> so uh, the game is called Doki Doki Literature Club, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna read off some of the uh, genres that this game covers: psychological horror, visual novel. Now. It presents itself first, first and foremost, as a visual novel, mm-hmm. and uh, psychological horror and visual novel are the two most prominent genres that this game sort of tells you right up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an anime. The artwork will tell you that mm-hmm. it's very much anime all over the place. It's cute. It's indie. It's story rich. It's dark romance horror dating sim. Uh, and also, uh, and then some other one, stuff like gore, violent, uh, one sexual PC content. repair class. Was that one of one's PC repair class? <laughs> um, programming for dummies. Uh, actually, uh, you're not far. You're yeah. And, and, and a minor specialization in did you <laughs> did you plug you unplug it and plug it in? Did you turn it off and turn it on again? Yeah, uh, I, I don't want to get into any kind of spoilery things. I'm sorry, was here. that was that was that? I, I don't think that was. That's but, just. But uh, so this is, it plays itself and it presents itself as a uh, dating sim anime based dating simulation game where you're going through in a visual novel. So there is a story that's happening and you're clicking through each of the text bubbles that are occurring and you're making decisions at certain points during the story as it's being presented to you and your decisions are going to change the outcome of the story. Now a good deal of your decision making uh, and influencing of the story is, and this kind of ties into the name of the game, uh, Doki Doki Literature Club, you are, as the main character, you are brought into and kind of forced to join a high school literature club with your old friend and her three other lit- uh 
the three other members of the literature club. So as playing as this guy, you are immediately like, yeah, sign me up. There are four cute girls yeah. in this literature club. It's like, I don't want to read any books it. and oh, everyone else is hot chicks. Well, maybe I can find the time. So, and that's sort of the star of the story is presenting it in that way. And then uh, as you're going through, they sort of decide, oh, every day uh, in between uh, in between days, we're going to go home. We're going to write po- uh, poems and present it to each other. And so that we can sort of as an icebreaker for everyone to get to know each other a little bit more and to get uh, to get. A little bit more comfortable with one another. Yeah, so, I know. I like to go home, get my cavalier, <laughs> get a little comfortable, and so, write a poem. Yeah. So, so at the end of each day, you uh, you are piecing together words that you think are going to appeal to whichever of these girls that you are eyeing. Like whichever one catches your fancy, mm-hmm. you're gonna sort of try to pick the words that you think are going to appeal to her the most. That way you can gain favor with that particular girl. So what Johnny's trying to say is every day you uh, come up with a plan to chicken hawk these poor ladies. And then uh, you're going to pick them off one by one until they've all succumbed to your will. Right. And as as you're doing that and you come back the next day and you present your poems and you're sort of... Uh, that is the deci- that is a major part of the decision making is as you're piecing, piecing together your poem that very next day is going to be shaped and what happens that next day is going to be shaped by the words you select and the poem that you present. Yep. So what and happens is you uh, line them all up and then you present one with the rose. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I can see it. The main character is not quite that uh, suave, uh, but uh, it definitely gets to the like, point. Tell me more about precious turtle dove. It, it definitely gets to the point where you're, where these girls are trying to. They're almost competing with one another to sort of gain your attention. You know, uh, and that's maybe like the first third of the story. Oh and wow! It happens right away, Johnny. You playboy. It it's it's a short. But not short. It's about a five-hour-long uh, game to go through, mm-hmm. and the five first, hours. Damn, the that's just the credits is, of like a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. yeah. the The first third of it is fairly uh, innocent, but then it the psychological horror elements of this game really pick up, and because you know it's there, because when you downloaded the game, and the game knows this, mm-hmm. because it presented it as this, so it presents also itself as a psychological horror. Also because you just told them it's a psychological horror. And, and it tells the user, right? Because when you're perusing it, it's, you know, a visual novel, psychological horror. So you know, so you're thinking in the back of your mind, like, when's this psychological horror element's gonna come in? And as you're going through the story, they really do, like, a nice job of, like, like adding it in there subtly making cues and nods and winks like oh yeah yeah it's coming it's coming yeah it's pretty covert it's this is that ahead of time then i I would hate to imagine like a parent would buy this for their kid thinking it's just like a (laughs) i got got them a fun game to play after school and such you know it's like when parents bought the m m l album or something like that (laughs) he's white he's fine oh my god here you go kids just a nice friendly game with some japanese people (laughs) on there and they hey they're at like this chuck e cheese place what could possibly go wrong five nights at freddy's (laughs) And so, so all all of this is sort of backed up with some surprisingly, and I mean very, very surprisingly, exceptional writing. There is, there's some of the best video game writing I have read in this game, uh, definitely all year. I've never read or been presented a story 
of characters. Now the story is not a, overly that's a, complex. That's a tall claim because I mean we're we're in the age where games aren't just a. Yeah. You know, really crappy stories slapped together with some pixels. Like, there's been a lot of, like, good game writing where that actually means something now. You're saying well, it's just good game writing. Well, the story has to play out in a, the story has to play out in a logical way. Mm-hmm. Well, the story, Adam, has to play out uh, in a logical way where the gameplay still factors in, but it's not all about the self-suck of the director after they maybe had one hit in the past, Metal Gear, that uh, <laughs> really ties into the gameplay itself but still keeps a good pace so uh, people are both entertained and intrigued by the outcome and they get invested in the characters. Also, what they can do is um, when they want to play further, they can make DLCs that continue the story that will con- add to uh, uh, questions the player may have had as they, as they would go on and exist in this world and want to expand and get um, closer for these characters. Maybe maybe solid outcomes. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'll, I'm I'll just, say I'm just what, what doesn't make good video game story is whenever the dialogue gets super tropey where they say, you know, you and I are one of the same. You know, yeah, if it's hammy, that, that oh, like, that's, and, and it's blatant. You always yeah. pick up on that. It's never like as subtle as you think it it's, might be. It's you know? the same type of writing, and you see this in all the AAA games and all the big games. It's the same dialogue, the same writing being presented for you. It's the same kind of one-liners over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It makes me sick every single time I play a game that has that. And sometimes I'm, I'm playing a game. Uh, what are you doing here? I'm going to get you. Mm. Yeah. So, sometimes I'm playing a game where I'm not expecting that type of thing to happen, and then it does happen, and I immediately just take it down a few notches just because it, it kind of ruins the experience because it's, it's, yeah. they're just doing what movies do. It's just they're, they're writing it in. They're, they're sort of uh, or calling it in as far as like creative dialogue. Mm-hmm. This, not the case. It's all about the dialogue. It's all about the characters, and it's all about the... The clues, the very subtle presentation of clues, mm-hmm. and uh, oddly enough, a little bit of um, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, like, like a savoir-faire, kind of like a philosophical sort of On way, of, a, a way of thinking, where it's sort of making you it's come to the fit. realization that thinking of a response to a pretty messed up situation mm-hmm. is not in what you would think would be you know, a good reaction a good way to respond to a certain situation mm. actually no it's not that good of a response it's actually a messed up way of thinking that's a good response so and it, you're supposed to tell the police um nah man that asshole owed me money it it's Worse than that, it, it's sort of like, okay, it's sort of like um, it makes you think. My response to it. Yeah. It, it makes you think that. Nah, man, she promised me some penis. Like, <laughs> it, it makes you think that. Okay, uh, this is going on with this particular character, and this is how your main character is dealing with it. And you're thinking like, yeah, that is a good way to to deal with that type of thing. That you know, you're you're thinking like, yeah, this is good, this is good. And then all of a sudden, like uh, you know, an hour later, all of a sudden the story sort of shifts through through changes. Yeah. It turns it on its head and now it's happening to you where some other character is doing the thing that you thought was good but they're doing it to you and you're the one who's in the bad situation and you're like well, i mean John, this person's Johnny, a Johnny, you got you got to get you got to get yours but they got to get theirs you know hmm. it, it makes you realize that that way of thinking is psychopathic it's super convoluted. Wait, wait, for so me, the, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. So you're the you're the protagonist of this game, but you're like the way you succeed is to be a psycho. No, well, 
it it's sort of you are slightly Psycho. your 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 train of thought yeah right and it's a very innocent it's like a train of thought that you would normally do and how you would kind of think is an okay response to something but it presents an angle a perspective of how that can be viewed in a very negative way and it does it and you it catches you off guard and it does so other plays things devil's too. Advocate for so, you basically so if, if i if i'm talking to the cops in the game and they ask like where do you work and i'm like okay the bank in the basement in the boiler room you know okay and um and uh where were you uh, last night between um i don't know five and seven in your mom and then um <clears throat> mm. you know uh, uh, <laughs> what did you have what did you uh, do while you were there i ate her brains and then okay um when, her brains are you know, located in her yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's like, and then they're like, well, this guy didn't do it. We'll move on. Uh, not not quite that. You you would definitely, it's hard to explain, and to explain it would <clears throat> to give it away, and it's definitely worth experiencing, because it was this particular one of, there were a couple moments, but this one particular moment in the game, I'm not a, an emotional guy, but I almost cried a little bit, because really? it reminded me of something that happened in my life. Uh, oh, it was like emotional. It, in, in the game, someone tr steals the uh, character's tricycle, and Johnny kind of broke down. It sort of took me down a an emotional memory lane that almost got me a little teary-eyed. Okay. Almost a little bit. Now, this didn't look like that type of emotional game to me from uh, from the stuff I saw online. You said uh, yours is a unique experience, and that's, that's intended. It's it's okay. very intended to present itself as one thing, and that so that and also to give you a little bit of information to make you think that it's something else, the yeah. psychological horror. Yeah. And it's then, a con. Yeah. And then the show is all about cons. It's really developed by Dustin Hoffman. And then to give you something Starring that Louis is Guzman. both of those, yeah. it gives you uh, something that's both of those things, and then mm. it gives you more. And all of it is wrapped in this very nice, exceptional writing, mm. both both in character development and in dialogue. All right, I'm surprised. I mean, nice. it, it looked like over one very specific kind of game. I expected to throw curves, but you're saying this was a really, um, like, despite knowing that going in, because it tells you what it is, uh, it was still shocking and still, like, it's, um, it sounds like you had a good time. Yeah, yeah. So I had a great time, actually. You've been recommending this before the show. I definitely had a really good time. I did recommend it to a lot of people because it's only five hours long. I'm, I'm a slow reader, too, so... So, uh, that, so to anyone else, it'd be like, you know, 20 minutes? Uh, <laughs> not, not quite that, but probably, like, other people would probably be, like, three to four hours long. But for me, I took my time. I like to read things and fully understand things. This is also a game that you have to turn your brain on as you're reading Wait, you're it. You're that guy that sits there for 45 minutes and reads the entire iTunes agreement aren't you <laughs> somebody's got to because i'm not <laughs> all right so so give me give me the verdict man yeah I mean, I'm, 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 I'm taking a wild guess here yeah definite thumbs up it's right. free. free that's the big kicker it's free oh. it's short oh shit and Negro? it's really good that's all you had <laughs> to say <laughs> <laughs> You need right. that sound bite on, uh... Yeah, or put that on the in board. The, in, the, in the cash. Yeah. All right, so the game is called... Doki Doki Literature Club. It's right available your tongue, on Steam and only on Steam. Only on Steam, available right now. Available for, right now. For free 99. It's free 99. All right. Boom. Go ahead. There we go. Doki Doki. Mm. Get, um, I don't know, touched by women <laughs> in, in a book club. The probably case of the uh, literature is actually uh, Fifty Shades. Is that what you saw, uh, it, well, if you take a certain path in the storyline, you can kind of get towards that particular direction. Really? There, there's multiple story branching story paths in this. Yeah, game but as no, well. the, the one that one that okay. From now on, that's the one you start with. <laughs> that that's that's how you start. Yes. 
there is, uh, you know, it, one of these four girls, they're going to like what you like. They're going to be into what you're into. I'm with it. You just got a simple numbers girl. game. Man. All right. Going down. All right. So now, Adam, we talked a little about the girl with the dragon tattoo yep. before the show and then at the start of the show. And I love the books. Which you, I haven't read. You haven't read, but you have seen the movies. Yes. Not just the American movie, but also the original Swedish movies. Yes. I saw the Swedish films, and I saw the American film as well. And I do enjoy the Swedish films better. I thought they were just more... Yeah, I thought so too. I felt they were truer, truer to the books than the American one without having read them. Yeah. They, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? I no, just absolutely. Felt they were, they uh, felt like the American one was trying to go for a bit of a watered-down view for, Amer for Western audiences. But the Swedish one captured, like, the raw... Well, uh, it's definitely that, but like it's definitely it's with a... with um, the casting even with Michael Nykvist uh, played uh, Blankvist. I don't know. Which who that is, is the uh, Michael Nykvist was the the bad guy from uh, John Wick. The first one. Yes. The son or the because the son the, the older, guy with the, the slicked back hair. Yeah. Okay, I'm about to say yeah. Okay. He just died by the way this past year. Oh really? At 56. Yeah. Damn, never so piss he, off John Wick man. He'll get you one way or another. Yeah, what yeah. do you mean it was just a film? Wow. He was also the bad guy in Mission Impossible, uh, uh, Ghost Protocol as okay. well. Oh the good one. But he as being the the protagonist, the uh, the journalist from uh, this book series, it is so refreshing to see like the hero without like the hero's body. You know what I mean? Because in an American version, <laughs> which they did, just a good doughy hero. Yeah, they yeah. put him as you know Daniel Craig, which Daniel Craig is uh, is you know James Bond. Daniel He's got this Craig kind of is in impossibly good shape for no reason. It's yes, like before the Rock was the Rock, everyone was crazy about Daniel Craig. Put on like so much muscle for James Bond, yeah. but he's cut. And he's got this weird head, but the rest of them is mm, magnifique. And what's wrong he with his head? Jim Craig has a goofy head, man. You yeah, never looked a, at him. He's a goofy-looking guy. Yeah. yeah, but Michael Michael it, 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 it works as, when he was like really skinny. I like the guy that played. Yes. I've like almost it looked like if played. a journalist would look. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it looked like that is your hero for the story. Like that, I can identify with that. You know what See, I mean. That looks like a you know. So I when I read the book. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no. We're talking about him. When I read the book. Uh, everything that Stieg Larsson, we're talking about The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, um, by the way. It was originally a book series adapted into a series of films, and right now we're talking about the latest release in graphic novel form. Yes. Uh, released worldwide, and I think it presents more of a processable view, but it also has depictions of uh, Mikhail Blom Blomqvist. Yes, who, and he seems kind of like the in the Nykvist type of way, where he he's not like a ripped guy. He's got like a little no, bit of like a doughy all. center, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's not a guy the most who, strikingly who, handsome person, but <laughs> but he's a very up and up. Like, Adam Adam Adam, uh, Adam Willis says, yeah, he's kind of a gargoyle, you know, it's a tubby, <laughs> but tubby you know, it's loser, like why do yeah, why do people respond to him? Because he's like a well, he's got a clean record. He's a great guy, and then he's doing good work. You know what I mean? He's I doing the work. I him as uh, like a uh, like a like a tubby, out of work looking looking Gerard mm. Butler. Yeah, yeah, Gerard yeah, Butler. That's if not he, a bad uh, way. If he never did, if he never did three hundred, so he never got like that level in shape. He just like let you himself go. Never saw him that way before. Yeah, and, and, like, and he wore like Cosby sweaters all day. Gotcha. But without the Cosby connotation. Yeah, but the story of. Uh, of the girl with the dragon tattoo is is um, Michael Blankfist is this journalist. He's like the journalist basically, and he's what, what's the, the newspaper he works at? He works for Millennium. Millennium that he started, that. but uh, it starts out with him just getting out of court for a verdict that found him guilty mm -hmm. of basically 
botching his story and accusing somebody of embezzlement, which they were found clear of. So he, his whole um, credibility is now in tatters, basically. Yeah, like shot. That, when so. you're a journalist, that's like big news. And yeah. the fact that this is a this is a book, this is a, a, a series, a story series that isn't about like, oh, well, the action hero just came back from the war and now he's got to take revenge on. No, right. it's none of that. This is the journalist involved in like a legal battle. Yeah. And that's where the stuff stems from. Like, it's a different take, which is one of the things that really jived with me. And then it start, and then when you are introduced to Elizabeth Salander, which, who is the girl with the dragon tattoo, she mm-hmm. was hired to basically do a back Background check to find out his dirt, and she finds out you know he's remarkably clean. He has he's had an affair, but that's like out there. It's not like a big deal. Yeah. And then through circumstance, they start working together. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great, it's a greatly it's, put together story because yeah. it starts off as a simple story about a journalist who needs help, and he's getting help through unexpected avenues, mm. and then it just. Like go the, the the bullet train pulls out the station with like there's people being tortured there's like monstrous hitmen um, there's uh there's politics involving politicians pulling fast ones on orphans who are being used for like sex crimes it's, it's yeah it, 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 it goes like and not even off the rails like everything's really well constructed but it goes like zero to sixty yeah I mean and that's all in there but the I think the the basic thing that attracts at least me to this story the is the relationship yeah. Adam, yeah, you the relationship between okay, Blancvist and uh, Elizabeth mm-hmm. is because they're kind of like they're so good at what they do and that's what brings them together because they're the best at one at research the other, the other at like you know they, it's Wolverine like, working with Brett the Hitman Hart more or less, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's like tacticians, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's people like doing work and kind of finding that connection through uh, through that research that they're doing. You know what I mean? And, and, I and that, it's, um, it's I love the um, I love the way they presented the relationship between them that develops in the uh, in the story. And I'm not that that's not a spoiler. Strictly mental, they, you know what I mean? It's it's, yeah, it's all a heady kind of relationship. I mean, they do have physical connection, from, but it's they're both that's people that are mentally else, in yeah. different places. Is Lizbeth and her entire life she's been abused. She doesn't trust anybody, especially not men. And her only healthy sexual relationship ever in life has been with uh, this woman who's only around like 25% of the time. Mm-hmm. And whereas uh, uh, Mikhail is a, um, I won't, I won't, he's not a gigolo, but if you've known any uh, poly people, well, one of the first things she, he's exactly she points that kind of out. Guy. He's very unassuming. His body's just kind of like average. But on his own like charisma and his own sense well, of just eh, I'm living here. One of the first things yes. she points out when she's describing him too is like he's he has a very healthy sex life. Yes, this That's man one of the first gets things she down. Says. He's throwing it left and, and the right. biggest di- one of the biggest differences in terms of <laughs> the <laughs> movies. <laughs> going to say and his biggest di- um, uh, oh, no. continue. One of the biggest differences for the movies in terms of like the first Swedish movie and the American version is the way they show the the sexual. Uh, well, the sex scene basically between Blancfist and her in each film, one they are so completely different. One's the Hollywood version is completely a Hollywood thing where it's this you know this animalistic you yeah, know there's passion, back and forth there's like clawing and there's there's body there's clothes being thrown there's yeah like in the Swedish limbs. version it's more her it's more how it actually was in the well, book well it's, it's more her like you know taking control I need this I'm doing this I'm getting something out of it and he's just it's kind like, of like a bystander yeah, in the whole look, situation I need to get off 
you're here, yeah. come along for the ride, but just remember who's driving this. But yeah, but she's turned on by him in some other way, not just like, yeah, she doesn't want to physically enjoy him, she's just doing it for a sole purpose, and I thought that was such a good way to show it, because um, I don't know if it's like that in the book, but no, like, no, that in, was, in, that in, was in perfect, and I thought they must have ruined it no, in the American version. Oh, in the, yeah, in the American version, they really Americanized it. Um, the thing about the Swedish version is, everything I mentioned, it was raw, by that I meant like, it, it's unpolished, you know. They yeah. show thing in the book. They describe like, yes, it's Sweden, but to me, Sweden means everyone's on the, everyone's in like ice bars, and uh, they're all like, you know, blonde, beautiful people wearing, you know, they all have six like six foot white, two, and like, yeah, yeah, in July they're wearing white <laughs> fur coats, and right. in December they're wearing white fur coats, you know, and they're all skiing. Yeah, they're, all, they're skiing everywhere all the time. They're going to the, going to the grocery store skiing. Yep. Cheekbones are just perfectly chilled. Yeah, yeah, and this presents it like there's different parts. They start off in the city. They go to the countryside, kind of the countryside, just a few miles out, out of the city. And then their they're, they're locations are like shacks or like this meat uh, factory. And it's all really real. It all looks unpolished, like you're actually watching someone's story. Mm. You know, if the uh, dialogue wasn't set, part of this could have actually been a di uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. And the way they describe Lisbeth is she's not this really sexualized, uh, no. up version they gave us in the American version. No. Even though they did try to make her look a little sick and a little emaciated, this is someone who's been abused most of her life, lived a sedentary lifestyle. Um, not sedentary, lived a uh, solitary lifestyle. And she has never really cared. She's a nihilist. She's uh, very... Um, Which makes her very gifted. Uh, you know, one, the solitary lifestyle that re is required of somebody that does that deep research that forces you to be by yourself on the computer all the time, mm -hmm. but also removing yourself from the subject that you're required to yeah, look so up. Yeah, so she doesn't care. She doesn't have those emotional right. attachments, so she's better at what she does. She's right. better at finding information, at uh, uh, installing worms into people's computers to get every yep. n uh, like iota, you know, nook and cranny. Yeah, and the, of, in the of, Swedish of, version, of it was Numi Rapace who who played her and that was kind of the kickoff of her career too well the thing is it um it starts off where she never trusts anyone and when she starts thinking okay maybe i can trust someone <clears throat> they always turn around on her and even if it's not malicious just to show you i can do this so if i ever need i ever need to exert power on you i can like that's the relationship she's had and that really comes across in the book and do it they do a better job of presenting it in the swedish movies than they did in the american but I understand why. In right. the American, you really got to like, uh, you really got to polish things and present them to wide to wide audiences. Versus the Swedish ones seen more like an art film, so they were more real with it. Right. Now, in the terms of this graphic novel, because in <clears throat> we're talking about um, this, it's a new company, and I'm trying to remember. I'm really struggling Titan? to remember the. Uh, is that it? Mm, I, I think, think so. Titan Publishing. I believe so. All right. Well, Titan's the new comic label that's presenting this. It's the graphic novelization of uh, the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo story. And I thought they were just doing like the first book because each one is, it's, it's a long series. So each graphic novel is two different, uh, two different books mm -hmm. combining the, uh, the one. So in the end, I guess they'll do about six. Right. It's uh, but, Millennium. Millennium. No, Millennium's the title, the, um, the part of the title because that's the name of the publishing company in the, um, in the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look for okay. the little. Look for the blue spot. The blue. The red spot up top. Does it have it there? Is it something in a circle at the mm. top right or top left of the screen? Yeah. It says a uh, no. N -O Country for old men. That's number one. It. I'll find number it. Number one. All right. Adam, Adam's on the job. Um, basically, long story short, it's the original story in graphic novel form, and since it's a story that's known, we know. Like backwards and forwards, we've seen all the movies. 
Um, I love the crap out of the original book story and then the Swedish one, especially because widely popular it, too, like crazy popular. Surprisingly, so because I never why. heard anything There's about it before many, I read it. Yeah, I I was coincidentally in like the right place in the right situation. I was working for a publishing company, and it was one of the uh, the books that was available to me to um, like actually test product on, and it looked really interesting. So I'm like, let me read this sucker. And the day I started reading it. I start seeing everyone on like the bus, on the train, uh, in a, in parks, just reading the book itself. Titan um, Comics. Yep. Okay, but it was Titan who? Titan Comics. Titan Comics, new company, and um, they this is this is just a great book to to come out the box with. Or the reason if they're not new, they're uh, new to like the public eye. And this was really great. One thing I emphasized the story um, for was because we have to emphasize that. Since it's a known story, the art and the presentation is going to be one of the main things here. Are they mm -hmm. making changes that are going to drastically affect the interpretation of the story? And I don't think so. I thought they did a, a, a phenomenal job yeah. portraying the original story, not the um, the really cookie-cutter, uh, Hollywoodized version. With uh, And no, no disrespect to Daniel Craig. I love his work in Layer Or King. even, like, uh, who directed the uh, American movie? It was... Um... Oh, um, oh, no. That Trent Reznor did the music. He didn't direct it. But it's uh, Guy Did Seven. Oh, um, 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 uh, Danny Elfman. <laughs> no, um, I was trying to say Wes Anderson there. I, I honestly don't know. I don't remember. It's been it's been a while. But it was someone big. Uh, yeah, I remember Trent Reznor did the music specifically, and that was the weirdest thing for me because yeah, but he does the music for music. the Social Network. But wasn't who that directed his, that? Wasn't that his? Well, I mean, we'll find it. We'll give yeah, it a yeah. second there. But uh, the presentation in this is, I thought, I, I think really really above 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 and beyond it makes a very long story that can be hard to process and digest it sometimes uh more palatable and it flows much quicker uh like reading through this book at times after like 15 minutes i realized where i was in the story and i see how they're drawing certain characters oh okay i get it that's not how i pictured so and so in my head but i see where the influence is for coming like when he approaches the next door neighbor that he's apparently uh, uh throwing the d to uh, every 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 few pages um <laughs> the image of her in my head was always more along the lines of like river song you know but the uh -huh. way they the way they uh uh portrayed her in the book i'm like i can definitely see this this is an older woman who's still very attractive think more along the lines of like jessica walter yeah yeah uh, or the mom from archer <laughs> but they don't try to lead you too much with with the visual part of it you know what i mean it's still yeah. like about the story yeah, you know what i mean in words like that it, it, it really just kind of accompanies the story the dialogue the words the actual written part you know what i mean yes, it sir. doesn't try to like yeah like overdo it and overpower the actual story so i think that's what is great about it because this is really really a good story no matter how crazy it gets totally totally it's I'm, definitely something that's definitely there's a reason why it's this popular and yeah. it catches your attention you know what i mean right so there. i thought it was great i'm giving an absolute thumbs up mm. adam yep I'm right behind you. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is actually the appropriate uh, format for it, too. In com in you know what? You know what I mean? Visual yeah, yeah. and, can, you know, it's a great it. representation of this story. So I, I was all for it. I can get behind it, man. Yeah. Herb, have you been, you been, have you been paying attention? Because this is your homework assignment. Read the Girl with the Dragon, uh, dragon Tattoo. No, you're going to read all three of them. Girl all with three the books? Yeah, that's right. Comic books. Yeah, Girl Who Kicked the Hornet's Nest. No, nah, no comic for you, man. You've been bad. You got to uh, read the whole. <laughs> um, you, you, I, I want you to finish a thousand and ten pages by next week. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, Michael Mike Michael Yeah, I do. I didn't even know, man. Shiza. 
Um, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was a great book series. I do recommend anyone check it out if you're interested in the novels. If you're going to see the movies, definitely seek out the Swedish release fi uh, films because they're, yes. they're subtitled, but the story is presented in a more uh, organic way. And I think it does a disservice to church it up like they did for the American version. Because as much as I like those actors, um, Rooney Mara played uh, Elizabeth Sounder in there. David Fincher directed him. David Fin- Oh, damn it! I love David Fincher. How could I forget that? Mm. Damn it, Johnny. Why? Yeah. I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's a great story. Um, we highly recommend the comics. Let's move on because the shape of water is Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro's. Who I, I like his movie, but like, I think Toro. he's... I've always said he's more... Overrated than oh, I a real. I mean, I thought you were a fan. I am a fan, but it, like people like go just go crazy for stuff, and like I I like a You've lot of his so work. much about, about about Black Adam Willis in the last like thirty seconds. I, I like his work, but everyone's so like head over heels Gaga. I feel like hyping it up, and sometimes it's just like yeah. Well, I think that's, that's Hollywood, okay. man. Like I look no, I, I agree. I think it's it's that work. too. But like I liked Pacific Rim, but Pacific Rim's Pacific Rim. Oh, Pacific Hans Rim. Labyrinth's fine. No, you know Pacific what I mean? Rim knew what it was, and that's that's where I got my enjoyment. Right, but like how. Think giant robots. This. You're not looking for Shakespeare in the story. Yeah, you just I, want giant robots. I don't know. He just and uh, kaiju, and kaiju. I mean, that, cool. that, that's kind of a given. He just has this cloud gonna fight? Uh, around him that the I feel is. Fight each other. No, you have that's that's real steel. We don't talk about that. But no, I, I see what you're saying, man. And the thing is, people do have a, do have a tendency to like look at things with rose tinted glasses and forget the weird parts of movies that may not have like taken off. Or some, but, yeah, some of his films I just don't respond to. You know what I mean? And some like I think he's really really good at having original ideas and like the costume and the, like the design of his movies are really really. Yeah, the you know, visual design, the, the, vi yeah. the visual stuff. But like, I wasn't a big Hellboy fan. Oh. I wasn't a big Hellboy two fan. You know what I mean? Like, it's oh, you're talking about the movies. Well, Hellboy yeah. two was Hellboy him. Hellboy yeah. one was someone else. Okay, no, it wasn't. Hellboy two was it wasn't. No, Hellboy, no, Hellboy you're talking about Blade. Hellboy. Blade two was him. Blade one wasn't. Okay, he Hellboy did was all Hellboys? him. Yes. Okay. All right. Did he do Blade three? Blade Trinity? No. Okay. Whew. <laughs> But the one thing I gotta ask the hard question. We've talked about it here, and I will say this: I, I, one of the biggest what could have been projects that I think is still out there that may never come to fruition is Tang. I know, man, you gotta let it go. At the Mountains of Madness is a two hundred fifty million dollar epic. Guillermo del Toro movie that could have starred Tom Cruise about uh, what, what, who's the author it's based on, but it's a classic horror story about people that go out into uh, the Arctic and they're in this expedition. They find this hidden craziness underneath the ice. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about that Everest thing. And it's a, yeah, it's a classic horror tale, but it's uh, he had this whole idea for and storyboarded and everything, and they turned it down because he wanted it rated R. Damn. And they said we could fund you if it was PG-13, and he turned it down because... That wouldn't be his vision. Uh, you hear that, people? And it's the biggest Del what Toro if could have done what we do in the shadows. Would have been great. Imagine. <laughs> if Imagine. Anyone, <laughs> if anyone would have seen yeah. that movie, you know why. That's funny. Oh, that's funny. Um, no, I thought you were talking about that. They, they did a it was a documentary, not a movie, um, about the people who try to climb Everest and die and how Mount Everest is just a uh, collection of, of dead bodies. bodies of people that fail. Yeah, absolutely. And they're just still up there. Yes. Because they're frozen. Who's going up there to get them? Exactly. Well, I'm not going. You got to climb them. And the last guy released the most recent one, um, the most recent That's story. That's more than a flight is, of stairs. You know? Is there was a, uh, a group that had, they had trouble going up and, and uh, uh, a Sherpa had gone up to try to rescue this group, this group, and they just called them green shoes or green boots. 
uh, because he had these bright green boots. There was no other identification on him. No one knew who he was. But he had gone up to try to rescue a group that was lost, and uh, he couldn't make it to them. Like right. a guy who, like, this is what he did. Uh, so he was an experienced uh, climber, and he still like couldn't make it. A group that uh, was on a different expedition and was having trouble themselves and was coming down and, like, really in bad shape, like, desperate just to get off this mountain, uh, came across him. And they're, like, low on supplies. They're low on strength and energy, and they're... Um, they are making a decision whether or not we take this guy with us and risk not making it. Do we leave him? And they just left him. And the thing is, he was still alive and Damn. he ended up dying. Like people go uh, go uh, up now and they can find the remains of green boots, green shoes. Green shoes. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up if it's boots or shoes. But uh-huh. um, I thought that's what I thought. I thought that's what you're talking about. And I would imagine Guillermo del Toro tackling something like that. Yeah, at the Mountains of Madness, I mean, it's H.P. Lovecraft story, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But it's, yeah, it's one of those those classic horror uh, horror, horror stories. And, yeah, he had this whole pitch and the whole thing ready, you know what I mean? I think Del Toro's more known for the projects he hasn't done as much as the ones he has. So I always hear him attached to all these things that could have been great, these huge <clears throat> budgets and these huge stories. Yeah, and it's like, ah, it hasn't worked out. This, this thing backed out, that thing Yelmo backed out. Toro's Fast and the Furious Redux. Mm. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, There's I, so I do, many man. stories of that where like, specifically him attached to these stories where yeah. they haven't really worked out. <clears throat> That's the one that really got me. But well, I like when they have um, working on uh, sci-fi and fancy type things, comic stories specifically. And we're talking about Guillermo del Toro uh, his latest movie is called The Shape of Water, and it's the story that's uh, about this woman who works in a, oh, it's set in the 1960s, the period piece, and she's, it's set in an old, um, well, lab, but yeah. we, all, we, don't really, we never really know what they do there, because the woman that the story focuses on is on the cleaning crew. Simple woman, she has her life. Uh, she's also a mute. That's one that's an important factor of the story. But she goes about her life day in, day out, and we meet her coworkers, we meet her neighbor, we find out her, day, her, you know, her standard routine, and it has all the earmarks of a Guillermo del Toro movie. It's very stylized. Um, I do like the hue they have over the movie. It was almost like Dark City. And Which is a movie I've been talking about a lot about today, Dark for some reason. Today specifically? Yeah. Okay, is it like an anniversary? No, somebody was like got a bootleg copy of it, of it and asked if I ever saw. It. I was like, you "Yeah, I have a bootleg." Yeah, and I said, criminal. "I I didn't do it." And I said, "I got the DVD copy. Let me borrow. It. You know, I'll let you borrow it." But all it's right. it's weird. Yeah, today. All right. Well, this one had all the earmarks of a Guillermo del Toro movie, including when it got down to the uh, the practical effects and prosthetics mm-hmm. on people, which I thought was great. Which he has a hand in as well on all of them. Yeah, no, he's he's very good at all those. Also. Rampant masturbation and sex scenes, just just there, and not like not <laughs> that got her attention. The Louis C.K. movie. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> wow. Ah! <laughs> oh, Waiting two weeks for that one. Um, uh, but no, it's nothing's like uh, sensationalized. It's just this is how the story goes on. This woman gets up, she makes breakfast, she times stuff out, uh, she help, helps her neighbor um, like uh, prepare prepare a sandwich for him. She gets ready for work. Uh, she masturbates on the way out. And then, you know, she's on the bus, really? and then wow. she goes to work and has friends and stuff. And, you know, it's like, everything is very matter-of-fact, but I liked it because it's a little more real that way. Yeah. This like, wasn't like, This oh, is what you actually do in your day. You yeah, don't just, like, oh, sit there and read the newspaper. You actually just lights jerk all these candles work. that came out of nowhere. You know, it's a bath. <laughs> it's a bathroom, yet she's fired yeah, the choice yeah. of lighting and stuff. And eventually uh, she gets a, a look of the uh, latest lab secret project that she's not supposed to when a new security guy comes over. Uh, takes the uh, job of the previous guy who's gone missing for some reason and he's very 
in your face. He's very uh, imposing. This but is in that, Shannon like, too, quiet, right? this is Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon in this movie doing a great job as um, one of the villains. He's the main villain, but no one's really like the super villain type. It's just a bunch of bad people working together to accomplish a goal. But it's not like GI Joe versus Cobra. Right. You know, this is just like that. That organization is shady. This seemed to me a lot like Pan's Labyrinth in the way that's like a very innocent character that's just so like clearly like the the, the face of innocence versus the face of like fascist you know this overruling thing you know what i mean it's just mm -hmm. obviously evil yeah thing, she, but like oh, with real consequences too and like not like comic booky consequences this is like real dangerous in your face scary kind of type of stuff absolutely and one thing that really struck out about this uh, story is there's no point where at some point she becomes this big conquering heroine who's taking on the man and um she's uh, uh taking on the role of an action star or like a big uh gung-ho leader the entire time she's still the same character she still lies a simple maid who sees something wrong and tries to do something about it in her in whatever she can do acknowledging that she's not going to go and take on all these guys herself mm. but she's going to use what little resources she has available and it really worked that way because it kept things within due bounds and you can uh it allows you to accept all the other things that happen in this movie that are kind of ridiculous right. you know uh, michael shannon is a guy who goes home to like a classic 60s uh, idealized house. Very you know, he's repressed, kind of. Yeah, know? he's got his very obedient wife, his son, who's really gung ho about his 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 job in America. Uh, he's got he's getting a new he's getting a new Cadillac, and he goes. <laughs> gets, uh, and yeah. and then he goes to the lab, and it's just this evil sob. You know, he's walking around with like with a cattle prod. Mm. You know, just intimidating the workers, intimidating the help. And then he goes into this lab where they close the door, and you hear screams. And then he walks out like covered in blood. And I'm like, this is crazy, <laughs> this is nuts. And then we get to the real meat of the story, where um, Sal uh, Sally Hawkins is the star of this. She plays Eliza Esposito. Uh, the um, she's not deaf, she's just mute. So she uh, she communicates in sign language, and she hears all this weird stuff going on. And then some an incident happens where they leave the door open. So she's got to know. She got to find out what's going on. You know, is, is there danger here? Should she should she break out? And she ends up seeing what they're storing in this lab. And this isn't a spoiler because I'm doing the John Leguizamo thing now. This isn't a spoiler because it's all over the advertising. It's all in the in the trailer and the commercials. Uh, they're keeping this um, this like fish man creature. He's kind of like a. Um, a uh, creature from the Black Lagoon type. Yeah, of, uh, type that's exactly of what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. and this uh, when this image first appeared in the in the media, folks were saying, "Hey, is this that uh, possible Abe Sapien prequel movie that everyone was clamoring for?" Abe Sapien being the fish guy from uh, the Hellboy movies, the Hellboy series. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's not, or at least as far but as it's we played know, by it's the not. same actor. Uh, well, then that would be twisted. It is though. So. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Probably, I'm hoping for body type. Um, because in this well, movie, so the he, guy that played he, he ate scrambled eggs, he bit people, and he slung dick left and right. That's <laughs> what was going on in The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water, if you ever wanted to um, get licensed to, for that I didn't see that coming. fantasy. Oh, yeah. It was like, I love it because it's this, it's, this, it's this very sweet story about Eliza. At the same time, this very like, She's creepy story. She's masturbating before she goes to work. She well, finds some you know, sexual hey, man, enhanced creature. Like you do. 
like you but do. But it's a sweet story about her just living her life. She got a very uh, um, like cordial relationship with her na- with her neighbor, who's a good who's her good friend, and just a gay guy in the '60s. So the struggles he's going with, uh-huh. and being also an aged fella who's got a crush on the guy at the local soda shop. You know, it's very cute. It's very sweet. Yeah. And then you go to Michael Shannon, who's walking around and just like covered you know, in blood, cattle and people, cattle. and uh, and making threats to employees that he doesn't know are reporting all his stuff back to the KGB because there's Russian spies everywhere. Uh-huh. It's the '60s, man. They're all over the place. It's wild because all this exists in this weird duality that works. It all flows together, which you wouldn't expect it to. You know, the only other time I've seen a movie work this well, covering all these things, is Buckaroo Banzai, Across the Fifth Dimension. Great. And I have to applaud. <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's a great yeah, endorsement yeah, got, right there. I got to applaud Del Toro for taking this subject it's matter. It's big Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but taking subject matter that could be really out there, really whacked out and hard to believe. And just it seems like something that would take you out of the experience. Nah, man, I was just there, like enjoying the story. The acting was enthralling. Um, Michael Shannon, I love. I can't emphasize how much I love him as the bad guy because yes. he's got that face where it's just like even when he's well, trying to be nice. It's the intensity, you know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah. God, that guy is, is he's like, so good. This is a delicious sandwich. Thank you very much. Yeah, he can. He, he like, does intense well. <laughs> like he goes to a level that most actors can't. Yeah. He's really, 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 really good. Like, you did a great job on my dry cleaning. Keep the change. You know, it's, but it's yeah, like he can read simple that. lines. You know what I mean? That, that you were like. You you, you you draw some other meaning out of it where other people couldn't. You know what he's, I mean? He's, he's, he's what you're saying is he's evil. I know. He looks it. Not it, just it evil. Like he, you know what I mean? He exudes he whatever he come. wants to. It's, that's what's okay, great. He didn't, you know? he didn't say that. It's simple stuff. Yeah, he, he, but it plays well. Like This was great casting. Eliza, I've never seen her before. I'm pretty sure she's done other stuff, though. Uh, her performance was great. And then there's like three or four nude scenes that come out of nowhere. They're not like jarring. They're just like, okay, I expected this to kind of cut off. It's a sweet movie. They're not going to show you a boob. Oh, there's a boob. Okay. I guess it's an Archie movie. Oh, there's her ass. Solid. Yes. And um, her ass was solid. <laughs> um, I just have to emphasize that as a, uh, as, a, as, a as a cishet male, you know, uh, in, in America today. These are things that people want to know. Mm. I wanted to know. I saw. I was very satisfied. And um, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me, I'm blanking on the name, but Hello. I got the list pulled up here real quick. Uh, Octavia Spencer, uh, very, very, very uh, highly regarded actress now because of her performances in movies last year, including um, uh, Hidden Figures. Mm. Yeah. And um, I... The help. I, I, the help. She in there? Oh, yeah, she was in the help. Um, I don't remember if she was the one that did the pie business. Though. If she won, she helped. Yeah, <laughs> the one she helped. Uh, no, to get a great performance in this, uh, played a play, uh, great supporting actress role where it's like you believe her as the friend who's kind of put upon, you know. But she's there for her girl. Like you know, uh, Eliza comes late to work. She's the one that's punching her in. You know, she is down. Mm. So when you see her home life and she's kind of like repressed, but she's in a loving relationship, and then. She doesn't really see. She's kind of blind to how toxic that is. Yeah. It, it's real. You know, it's like this is a movie that has like fantasy elements, a lot of sci fi elements, and uh, elements of like an escape movie. Elements well, I like, of, like that a where this type he does. Movie, movie of, uh, of confinement, contraption. He does that well. I'll say that with Del Toro. He places those elements, those sci fi, those fantasy things, but it's in real danger. There's real consequences, a real evil. Yeah. And then there's a real woman getting down with the real fish. Yeah. And it's, but like, it's a society that reflects real. 
stuff that's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like a, this this mirror. You know what I mean? But, but they it's, still managed to show it in this like nineteen sixties yeah. plastic fantastic show. Uh, yeah. You know, display of everything's perfect in America because we're fighting communism every day. You know? Right. But there's a lot of stuff underneath the surface. Yeah. Yeah. It also takes place in sixty two. So Martin Luther King was around there, gonna you know represent and liberate that that lab if everything hadn't gone to hell because they're kidnapping fish people. Uh, I, I gotta know. give this a thumbs up. I enjoyed the crap out of this. I thought, yeah, it's going to be a nice RT movie. I'll, well, maybe I'll have a good time. It doesn't look too terrible. Guillermo del Toro does good stuff. It'll be a nice RT movie that I'll see once and forget about in two weeks. Nah, baby. This was, this was just like, it starts off sweet, and then uh, like a, a fish man sticks it in. So it was it was just like, it was... I can't believe there's that much uh, fish sex going on. It is. It's on the poster, and you don't realize it because it looks like this but Yeah, sweet, but you think oh, it's she, like a romance, not just like, like exactly. getting the boogie. You no, know? no. That that picture is from like the first scene. She has so where... much sex in this, they should have had her picture on the poster at horizontal. Dude, she does. And that's the thing. It's like they emphasize... <laughs> She's been picked up so many times, she should have handled. They emphasize the beginning, like her regular routine is masturbation, So she and, and she's not... And it's because she's not getting any. And then once that fish thing... Um, <laughs> <laughs> like enters the picture, you you can see, you can visibly see the thirst. And you see just him like, like, he's like, ah, like she's that's... a she's a clinger, man. Take me away, yeah. <laughs> uh, me. <laughs> she is hungry. <laughs> All right, so that was the Shape oh, of Water. It's playing right now in theaters. It's uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, Michael Shannon, Sally Hawkins, Octavia Spencer, and I do want to call out. They did try to have a um, like kind of a a quick uh, civil rights. Um, like side story, which is the only thing I think didn't work too well. Yeah, when you, when you can't yeah. really do that quickly, can you? No, you can't. And the thing is, the first scene you see it, it's like really powerful. Like, wow, that was messed up. Like, yeah, the, okay, uh, black I people see. have it tough too. And back to the fish guy. Yeah, and I, I, I think that, that that okay, that this is the turn it's going to take. Another element, and it never really comes back. Oh, okay. Which kind of bugged me because everything else about this I thought was almost perfect, was damn near perfect. And then that, like, it was an honorable like thing they tried to do, but. The fact that it, gave it had well, it had like a quick, a quick hit and then a quick resolution, too quick for that heaviest subject to be introduced. Fair enough. So that's like the one thing. But besides that, I mean, I can't recommend this enough. Thumbs up all the way. It's called The Shape of Water, directed by the Guillermo del Toro. Um, Richard Jenkins is the guy who plays the neighbor. You might yes. remember him as um, yeah, he's in a lot of he's in yeah. Step Brothers. He's the dad. Mm-hmm. He's uh, uh, in he, the visitor. Well, he's and was he in Cabin yeah. in the Woods? He was in Cabin in the Woods, right? He was, yes. Yes, Cabin in the Woods is one of the uh, the, the main two um, uh, uh, guys in uh, the control office, center guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the show. I think we may have gone a couple minutes over. So my bad. I'm just so deeply enthralled in the fish sex. So this has been The Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. I want to thank you all for joining us. This has been another awesome show that you've been listening to on WEMFradio.com or hopefully you've been watching us and seeing our smiling faces and Adam just over there scowling at you. Look at him, just hating. Like, I drink a beer. It was delicious. Like, like just a, just a Michael Shannon project. That's a big bottle. <laughs> it's, yeah, All it's right. A yep. On twitch.tv slash thegeekdown, you can catch us every Monday night right there. And also, hopefully, you're uh, following us on, uh, on Twitter and on uh, Facebook. You can check us out there. Just type in The Geek Down. Also, search us on iTunes. Look for us on YouTube and on SoundCloud. We are all over the sucker. Our pretty pictures are all over Instagram. And all that information is available in the About section of the site, geek-down.com. If you heard anything on the show you want to chime in on and you didn't get a chance to jump into the Twitch stream, uh, you can hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com. But until then, I want to thank Just Johnny. You. I want to thank DJ Herbie Herb. Yeah. Black Animal is my man. Yep. And I want to thank you fine people, and we will catch you all next time. Peace. Peace.
is WEMF Radio. 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 WEM